Hey, what's up, y'all? It is Tony Estes. Welcome to the Before the Pop podcast. I have somebody super duper amazing. Y'all probably like, you say that for every freaking episode, <laughs> but I just have amazing dope people, dope friends. And um, I'm just super pumped about this one because I have known this amazing human, human for, shoot, oof, more, more years than I care to. Talk about because then you're gonna be trying to calculate how old I am, and I can't, I can't, I know about 20, over 20. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, anyway, we've been talking about the pivot and just, just, I ain't gonna go there. This is a, she, a bomb award winning, just bomb chick. Welcome, Ricky Hughes, to the show. Hi, Ricky. Hey, Tony. <laughs> how are you? Fantastic. Okay, so now that we got past that, so it's hard to talk about people that you know already on the thesis. Like, okay, so what do I say? What do you do? What, what, what is your job title? What is your official title? I'm executive producer. I'm a show creator and showrunner. Yeah. And I also manage some select artists that are comedians and social media influencers. Okay, so to add perspective to this, y'all, how I met Ricky was at my record label um, when I was much younger, and she was like a boss there. And so to see her doing this, it's like, dang, you just completely just flipped the script, and not just, you didn't just turn to something different, like you turned and killed it in something different, which is so bomb. Um, so how did you get, How what made you get into producing? Like, when did you decide you wanted to produce? Like. After. Well, you know, I um, when I was with Priority Records with you, mm-hmm. um, run the international department, and I came, I would come back over from overseas, and I realized that the music industry was going in the toilet. Mm. I realized that you know it was more, it was cooler to have a bunch of burnt CDs and and move music electronically than it was to have these physical CDs that we were building a whole industry on. Right. So as I got back to um, the states, and I, you know, had these conversations with, you know, Brian Turner and Stephen Drath, and, you know, we were kind of like the Enron Banks. We felt like we were never too big to to fail, oh. and so um, I just felt like I saw the writing on the wall when we uh, EMI did the final buyout on Priority Records, and at that point I said, you know, buy me out of my contract. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know where I was going, okay. but I knew that that wasn't it anymore. And, um, you know, these are those moments where I feel like I've just always stepped out either on faith or just naive. Whichever, Whichever way, way they were it worked for me. And so I left the music industry and said, and keep in mind, I also went through a big divorce at the same time. So it was definitely a big time of change and pivot and, you know, a time for me to reflect and decide what, who am I choosing to be and what do I choose to do? And at the moment when I realized that I was putting so much faith that a record label, that Brian Turner was going to pay me on the 1st and 15th, and I could put that kind of faith into myself to, um, to roam my own business and bet on myself. And that's what I did. And I've never worked for anyone since then. That is crazy. I mean, it's not that it's so crazy. It's just... I guess it makes sense. So to add a little context to what she's saying, when I was when you were at the record label, mm-hmm. Ricky was 
you you pregnant like I pregnant, 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 pregnant. pregnant she came to my record my album release party and you had the baby like two days after that two days later and then we were taking you overseas and the baby was six weeks the baby was i was still lactating while i was out there yes. overseas with you and didn't miss a beat but I knew we had to, look, I had your project had come out. I think we had a Little Romeo project at the time. That's what he was called, Little Romeo. Right. Um, we were, I was finishing up a Snoop project. So I had a lot of projects on my plate. And I knew, like, especially, you know, I loved you, believed mm-hmm. in you, and it's nothing I could have handed off to anyone else. Right. And, oh, I'm so glad you didn't. <laughs> because that, that, but that's a big deal. So... Then I was like, dang, she just had a baby. She coming up. I really didn't have anything to, after I had, I kid you not, after I had my babies, I thought about that setup. Often I'm thinking, God, how does she do that? Like, because that early after you have a baby, for me, I was kind of not even in my right oh, no. headspace. Like, you know no. what I mean? Like, and I guess you were probably just on autopilot you were just doing what needed to be done at the time you know or? I didn't know of any difference right okay I didn't know to and even though you know at that point I had Riley so I was my second kid so I knew what it was but right after I had Ryan I came right back and started working like my water broke in an executive meeting at Priority Records with Ryan <laughs> and I literally said hold on I got a couple more things I need to do before I go to the hospital mm-hmm. they're like you're crazy like go what are you <laughs> talking about you <laughs> right know? we're right and so I just had this, you know, amazing work ethic where I feel like I wouldn't be able to relax and have a kid unless I really took care of the things I needed to do to make sure that, you know, everything was taken care of on the other end. Right. So, um, and then when I had Riley, it was, you know, six months after that, I filed for divorce. That is crazy. So, you know, it was a time where I just really had to be real, really sure of myself and, you know, and say, I don't know what's on the other side of this door, but I know it's going to be great. And so that was that was my mantra of, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be great. So that's when I decided, I said, you know, I want to produce TV and film. And I literally just started producing TV and film. And, you know, part of it was not, I didn't have anyone to tell me no. Right. So... I just took the yeses and you know people have different pathways to get into production to get into but I had a very clear goal I remember reading a article in the Hollywood Reporter and it said that uh, Ralph Farquhar and he had a partner at the time had created a company called Hat to the Back and it was um, and they had a deal at they were on Paramount Pictures lot and I just looked at and I said I'm gonna work at Paramount Pictures just as clear. I had no clue what I was talking about. I just said, this is where I'm going to, you know, I, right, right. I just knew I was going to you know, have a project there. And um, I said, I'm going to work on this lot. When I decided I wanted to produce, I started just whenever people asked me what I did, I didn't define myself by what I used to do. I said, I'm a producer. And I just put that out there. And so I had so much confidence, no one even thought to question it. Like, is she a producer for real? Like, oh, she yeah, got I, produ- I was like, I'm right. a producer. And then I studied, you know, there's three or four books that I read to say, hey, I, let me make sure I know what I'm talking about so I don't right. sound crazy. Right. You right. know, right. if I can get a couple key words, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. The buzz you know? words. Right. right. So, um, so Carl Craig called and he said, you know, I'm, 
have a project. You said you're producing now, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, come by. Let's talk about it. So he gave me the address, and it was 5555 Melrose Boulevard. And I said, okay, fine. Right. So I headed over there. I pull up at the gates, and it said Paramount Pictures. Oh, my gosh. And I just knew. And I walked in, and I just had my head up high, my chest out, and was like, you know what? Here we go. And there was <clears throat> no fear, because I didn't know to be scared. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I didn't know what was ahead of me, but I knew it was going to be great. Damn. And so, yeah, so we started... Um, our first project we did was called Big Black Comedy with for Fox. Mm-hmm. And then the next project we did was called Dance 360 with Fredro Starr and um, Kel Mitchell. Okay. Um, and then we went on to Rose Catherine, who had went over to TV One. She had, um, she said, hey, I need some help launching some new shows to launch this network. So comedy always launches a new network, especially okay. urban comedy. <clears throat> Okay. You know, if you think about CW, Fox, like all of those networks were launched on black comedy. It moves wow. well and it grabs an audience first. So black people always start that. Wow. Um, I, that's urban. something I never, you know what I mean? I wasn't aware of, but now that you say it, okay. yeah. That's... Well, if you think about urban culture has always been the epicenter of pop culture. Right. Pop culture is a derivative of urban culture. And so, you know, you start off, even if you think of Beyonce was a urban... She was an R&B singer, and then she goes pop. Right. Drake, hip-hop artist, pop. Like, there's, it, it's always a derivative. So right. you, you get all your cool slang. You get, you know, everything comes from this epicenter of, of hip-hop. And, you know, hopefully we finally learn how to harness that. I think Jay-Z's been telling yeah. us about it. You know, yeah, Killer Mike's telling us. playbook. Like, let's just write, write. You know, so hopefully, hopefully we get it. Right. You hopefully. know, because we do give it away a lot. But, right. Um. Anyway, I'm I'm thankful for the role that it plays. So, um, so we we created a show called uh, Bill Bellamy's Who's Got Jokes, and we did that for five seasons, and we you know did a lot of comedy that came out of there, and I started working with Stan Lathan from uh, Deaf Comedy Jam, and you know started doing a lot of projects with him, who was one of my favorite people on this earth. Really, um, who I just did the four. Chappelle projects for Netflix with Dave Chappelle and you know with so much gratitude you know we've gotten Emmys um, a couple Grammys based on the projects that is like so crazy to me like Emmys like and I'm always like oh yeah you know like just excited about it because I guess I've seen the journey that's just insane like you know like it's just and then that the, the Dave Chappelle thing specifically because it's like he went away and came back and kicked the door in yeah. and to be a part of that is just that's that's I feel like I did it and I ain't did nothing like girl <laughs> look what we did like we we didn't do nothing it right? definitely takes but, a village I mean look I stand in so much gratitude because you know for Dave to trust me with his comeback was huge that's a huge deal you know and you know and we you know we shot this stuff with Dave's money, like he literally put his money where his mouth is, and he decided to, you know, bet on himself. And so I, you know, it's just a reoccurring theme you'll hear, you know, about betting on yourself, having more faith in yourself right. than you're allowing other people to have faith in you because you know you can't be, you have to be self-referred in every situation. Right. So, you know, when he had, he's like, I'm, I'm ready to, 
come out and do something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Stan Lathan, who has been with Dave forever, mm -hmm. and, you know, I had worked with him back in Deaf Comedy Day, Deaf Comedy Gym, and it was just, we knew we had to keep our crew really small. Mm -hmm. You know, Dave doesn't really keep a lot of people around him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was, it was a lot of responsibility to get it done, to get it done right, and to produce at the highest level that I could ever produce in my life. You know, it meant so much. And, you know, as we started to create, it was just amazing. When you feel like it's right, I'm sure this is like with you, when you're in the studio and you hear something good, you're like, ooh, this is it. Right, right, you know? right. Uh -huh. And I remember show five and Dave came off the stage. He looked at me, I looked at him, I was like, that's it, you know? And when the truck and, you know, Sam was directed from the truck and he was like, that's it. Like, you just know you just when feel you feel the it. magic. And, I, you know, I always feel like my job is to support the creative. Mm -hmm. So it's my job to build a structure around um, some of our creative, best creative minds and creative voices and to give them a safe place to create and let me handle the business. Let me make sure that everything they need is there for them. And um, like, I don't take that lightly. So let me ask you this. I'll, I'll have to admit that I'm... This is not something that I felt in, you know, in general. And I, I've learned that a lot of stuff that I haven't felt is just because I've kind of functioned in a bubble, right? Um, and so I kind of felt like, oh, we didn't have any hiccups. Everything was smooth and smooth. I just didn't know about the hiccups. This is what of I'm course. learning now. Like, oh, it was definitely hiccups. We just... For sure. For sure. It's just not the way life works. And so one of the... the but on the flip side of that... You know, with the with the the women's empowerment stuff, right? Everybody's all the best of geared to one. You know, women, we doing it. I I never felt. I don't know. Maybe I was. It was just an ignorance. The opposition, the man opposition mm -hmm. thing. Again, it might be a bubble. It might be because I had that protective layer in my father. Mm -hmm. So certain stuff I just didn't go through. Have you felt that? Have you ever felt any pushback? in the industry from woman producer, man, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever I, dealt look, with that? I have, life? I've seen it. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I witnessed it. You know, one thing that there's a couple of things I can say one. And I don't take this away from anyone who's, you know, I support the movement. Right. But I feel like people do what you let them do. Right. And I've never been one that's been okay. You can't just say anything to me. You can't do anything to me. I'm immediately right. going to say, I'm sorry, who are you speaking to? Right, right, right. Like, and you know, there's some, there's some skills that I've learned because I've always dealt with all men my entire career. Yeah. So I've always had men around me. So, you know, they've learned and I almost say they've been, you know, trained to not to come at me in those right ways. And, you know, I'm respectful of, I deal with a lot of married men. Right. I've learned how to deal with the wives. Right. I've learned how to be respectful <laughs> of the situation. Right. I know how to, you know, be really clear. Like I don't try to be one of the guys. Right. Like, we don't sit around and have a bunch of sex conversations and, and right. jokes and those kind of things. Right. They know and they have a, a reverence for me in, and I'm thankful for to say I have more respect for you, Ricky, right. to that. But all of that, I feel, definitely comes from being self-referred and saying, these are my boundaries and I'm right. clear about them. Right. So, you know, do people try things? Absolutely. But I right. feel like... The, even though I'm a Leo, the ego in me doesn't fall into the victim that, you know, men will throw anything against the wall and see what sticks. 
right. you know, <laughs> right. I just, I just don't play into it. So it doesn't feed into my ego right. that, oh, someone's trying to talk to you. They're trying to hit on you. I, that's not what I'm there for. Right. Even if that's what you're there for, right. that's not what that's I'm there right. for. And you know, at priority, one of, I think one of the big moments for me was, um, you know, I handled all of um, Divine Recordings, which was Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne's right. label there. Uh-huh. So I got thrown into a world of rock quickly. Right. But Sharon was a bit of a mentor for me. And I remember her because when I was at Priority, I wore big baggy sweats and big shirts and almost right. to make myself asexual, if you will. Well, right. Because keep in mind, I'm working in the most misogynistic community Ooh, around, yes, which is rap music. Yes. You know? And at the time we were exploding, we had Ice Cube and Snoop and Master everybody. P and Mac 10. And, yes. you know, like we had everybody, you know, right. you can imagine at the epicenter of, of hip hop and, you know, women weren't always at the highest regard of that. Right. Um, but, Sharon told me she had a couple of pivotal moments that you know she had conversations with me and she said Ricky when first of all always know what you want out of a meeting before you step into the door I don't care who what meeting is she's like because if you don't know they'll take you in any direction that they want right okay so no matter what <clears throat> if someone wants to meet with me I immediately find out I do research on them figure out who they are what do I want to get out of the meeting so at least I know I have that anything above that is a bonus right um, the other, um, the other big moment she's, uh, the other big, um, quote that she imparted with me and like a jewel that she would just drop from time to time right. is Sharon said, when you walk into me, she's like, shed all those big clothes. She's like, you're a beautiful woman. Don't be afraid of being beautiful. She said, if you walk into an office and they can't stop staring at your chest, that's their issue, not yours. Oh. Your issue is going to get your deal done. So that's good. You know, it was, it was a powerful and it, you know, didn't mean walk in and wear a low cut shirt. Right. But if you have on a t-shirt, don't feel like you have to zip up your sweater. Right. Because someone else has an issue. Right. Stay really clear about what you're there for. Yes. And, um, and she, you know, we had big meetings with EMI and Virgin and we'd go overseas and there were all men at the table and just myself and Sharon sitting there. And I remember she would like get a call from Ozzy and she would stop everything. She'd pick up the phone. She answered. She, she, yes, dear. Yes, the remote is on the table. And she'd come <laughs> right. back to the meeting and finish. Being a boss. And, it's like, and then she'd get up and when the kids are called and Kelly's like, I want to spend the night out for NSYNC tickets. And she's like, okay, well, we'll work it out. Talk to us when Tyra Records was out. And she's like, well... We'll make it happen. And one thing that she taught me at that moment was that always make sure that your family feels important. This business is always going to be here. And by her stopping a meeting and making them important, one made her family feel important, but more than anything, it let everyone know at the table that there's something bigger than all of you here. Mm -hmm. And that was important, especially because I launched my career into uh, TV and film as a single mom right. of two babies. Right. Babies. So it was, you know, how do you balance these kids and career and where they don't suffer and you don't feel <laughs> right. resentful because right. I mean, that's honest. That's honest. You know, like people honest. have to be honest because the reason that I think it makes it so hard is because people aren't honest. Mm-hmm. So when you feeling that feeling of, oh, I won't do this today, mm-hmm. then you're feeling guilty. Like, 
Cause you're all the other to. mothers are loving it 24 all the hours shoulds. a day. Like, mm-hmm. dude, like, Joker, she over there feeling some type of way too. She's ain't being But she's not it. okay to, to, to do it. And that right. was one thing coming out of my divorce is I realized, you know, the, the guy I dated afterwards, he, I remember he asked me, he said, well, Ricky, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And it was such a simple question. Mm-hmm. But it, and me, a person who prides herself on never crying, it brought me to tears because I couldn't answer to say, what do I want? I mean, right. things, physical things, I have all that stuff. But it was about what do you want? And he kind of pierced, stared me in the eyes and was like, what do you want? And when I realized I couldn't say that, I realized, oh, I've got to break down all of this old and reinvent myself to who I'm choosing to be, not who right. everyone else. I mean, I was the kid that got the good grades. I married the guy. It was Rick and Ricky. We, you know, like we look great on paper. Like I did all the things I should do mm-hmm. until I realized that, you know, what do you really choose to do? Who do you choose to be? And how important that was for my babies to see. And so those were moments that I felt like, yep. And they, they, they weren't always easy. <clears throat> yeah. that's And that's good to hear. Because I'm telling you, like, one of the things that inspired me to do this, like, I got to do this. Because, again, my father was my manager. Mm-hmm. I've done this for love years. Love Billy. Love, right. Yeah, so you know I yeah, love Yeah, Billy. I know you love, yes. Mm-hmm. And so he protected me from a lot. Mm-hmm. So once I moved on from that and was shifting into something else and I was kind of figuring it out on my own because he wasn't managing me for whatever. I mean, I guess he's always kind of, because he calls me, like, so we, what are we doing? As if, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it's like, it's, I was kind of like, well, it made me feel like, well, maybe this is not meant to be because this happened and this happened and this happened. Not understanding that all of those things were happening when you were doing all these great things, too. You just never saw them. Yeah. You were protected. Yeah, I was protected. And I feel like when people know that other people's stories are not this straight line to success mm-hmm. and there's some hiccups, it gives you some type of consul- like, okay, I'm not going to die. It might feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to die in this moment. But I can push through it. You know what I mean? And and because um, I think nobody talks about the stuff before the pop. They talk about how did you start and you killing now. Like what about that time when you lost your car? What about that time? When, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. those, and and the, I think those are the things. For me, those are the stories that are inspiring. You know what I'm saying? Because to hear, because you've done the, you've done the, you've done the mom thing mm-hmm. and the and the entrepreneur thing at the same time. You're gonna give me informa- specific information. When I'm at home, nobody understands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's mm-hmm. saying, Oh well, I you know, I produce and you know, I got look no nobody's saying it they're like, Well, I just stay at home mm-hmm. and I just stay at home and no no knock on that, but nobody in my inner circle at home has can give me direct yeah. advice on specific you know what I mean, this specific subject. So I just think it's just dope that you're honest about you know, like these kids and this I mean, it's, it's honest and, and there's, it's choices. Like, you know, I'm constantly faced with choices and I know that there's consequences of my actions, not just for me, but for the people that I support. Right. For my kids. Right. You know, for the people that have, are just watching me. Right. Like there's, you know, there's some responsibility in that. And, and then I have the biggest responsibility is to myself and to constantly ask myself on a daily basis, 
Ricky, are you being true to yourself? Is this your higher self that you're honoring with what you're doing? Right. And that guides my every principle. Every morning I wake up in the shower is a gratitude moment. And I just stand in gratitude. It could be the worst day in production for me. Right. But that day is going to start off with, I am so thankful for my health, for this earth that's right. <laughs> that's self-sufficient right now. Right. That, you know, that, that there will be guidance by the leaders that are making, you know, choices for us, that my babies are healthy. Like, yes. I have healthy, happy, well-adjusted babies. Yes. That I call them babies. They're 20 and 18. But, you know, <laughs> right. but I feel like I have two productive members of societies. And, yes. And, and, and I don't take that lightly, you know, that's love. that I have, you know, loving relationship that I have abundance and that it continues to pour into my life, even when I'm not thinking about it, you know, that I continue to bring great people around me because I can't do this by myself. Right. So it's so important that every person around me has a common goal, that we all buy into the same vision and that, you know, we just that everything I do comes from a place of love. There's only two places things come from. Fear or love. So I question every, every question, everything I do. I say, when I come to a problem, I stop, I back up, take myself out of it for a minute and say, is this coming from fear or love? If it's coming from fear, you can just let it go and move on. If it's coming from love, then this is where you should be going and let's keep going with it. That is so good. And it's not always popular. It's not, you told me, I'm, I'm telling you. Me and Ricky had a conversation one day and she left me with like 500 nuggets. I mean, like literally it was probably a good 10 nuggets. <laughs> and I have ri- like, li- I'm not even joking. Like it literally changed the way I think about everything. Like, and so me and my okay. mom will have a conversation. I'd be like, well, you know what Ricky said. So <laughs> Ricky said, and I'm going to tell you this one time. You know what I mean? And it's, I mean, and it sounds like I'm making it up, but I kid you not. Like I was saying, oh. Just the thought of just, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to throw all this money at this. And then what if, and you was like, you told me, don't worry about the money. Mm-hmm. The money you can get back. It's your time you need to be worried about. And I'm like, well, ain't that the daggone truth? Like, it was such a simple concept that I really know. How many times a day do we say, you know, time, you can't get time back. We, I say it all the time. You know, we say so much stuff that's just cute, but never really just it's thinking your most about. precious commodity. It's the, it's the most precious commodity. You know, and as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. as a, you know, a business, a business owner, you know, people will take you in any direction that, that they want to. Mm-hmm. But we have to decide what we sow our faith into in our time. Mm-hmm. And any moment where I feel like things are getting out of control or outside of my hand, I realize that this is my world and I can stop it at any time. There's no situation I can't just stop. Right. I can't, I might not stop it from happening outside, but I can stop my interaction with it. And that's good. And that's the power that we all have that people forget or aren't aware of. And that has to do with time. You know, being able to say, you know, I choose to put my attention on this at this moment. And it's my choosing, period. Right. And that's that's such a light bulb moment. Because we will, you will find yourself, and it's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you got me in a chokehold. I didn't even want to be in this, and I'm just going with you. Like, okay, I'm fight. We, like, I'm like, fighting. And like, what are you doing? Like, you could just stop. How about I could just stop? stop. I could just stop. How about I stop? get good and ready. That's, that's like, those are all, oh, that's so important. And you know what? Let me point this out. As you said, um, you were talking about you have a responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the people around you, you know, for to yourself first, whatever. 
as I'm thinking, I think that my experience, I mean, clearly I had my parents and I had, you know what I mean? That was a whole foundational thing. But I think my experience in this industry Mm-hmm. And the was probably somewhat based on the way because people can say a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but you were a model for because because I, I might first of all it was funny I got tickled because I thought about that and I was like why did I think Ricky was so grown she's not that much older than I am <laughs> like you know what I'm saying I thought she was like so much older you know what I'm saying but you really you know what I'm saying so. Doing that too kind much. Of, yeah, you Doing were too much. like you. I think it was because you were married and you had kids. But I admired what you like. She got a real job. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what I was doing. I was right, just trying yeah, to figure it out. You were winging it, but from from where I sat, it was like you know. I just kind of unconsciously watched how you handle mm-hmm. things, and so I say that to say it's very important who you surround yourself with. Oh. Because it's if everything. you were like a loose, you know what I'm saying? When I say loose, I don't mean necessarily, say, but just if you were just a loose cannon, mm-hmm. just then because I admired you so much, I kind of probably would follow your lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. well, that's what she does unconsciously. Yeah. But because you did handle yourself in a way, I was like, oh, okay, this is what grown women do. They they say yeah. what they mean. This is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, it's just. So that's a big deal. So I appreciate that. That's oh, bomb. I'm so happy. I, you know what I mean? I mean, I think you can never let people take you out of who you are. Like when you find yourself like getting upset or just getting irritated, and you know, you just have to stop and say like, what am I choosing? And am I allowing someone else's fear or emotion push me into it? And like I never do Friday night five o'clock deals. Like you can never put a deal in front of me Friday night five o'clock. I need your answer right away. Well, I'm purposely not going to answer it right there. I'm going to think about it. And Monday, I'll talk to you. If that deal's there Friday night at 5, it's there Monday morning at 8. Right, because ain't nobody taking it nowhere. And if it's not, then it wasn't for me anyway. Right. And and I'm not going to make decisions with my love life, with my career, with my babies out of fear. Because I realized to be a leader, I have to be calm and collected at all the times. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, it's important. Because if I panic, everyone up under me panics. Right. Yeah. That's true. So no one's ever seen me scream. As a leader, I've never, I don't scream. I don't cuss people out. And in fact, when things get the more more tense, I usually speak a lot softer. Right. And right. get way more quiet. Right. And just have full control of the situation opposed to. Well, and let people have their experience too. Right. Because someone can come up to you and they're really irate. And I choose if I allow that to move me. Right. And we choose every day. Someone could cut you off, turn a corner that you don't know, and call you all kinds of expletives out of your name. You don't think anything else about that person. But let it be somebody that you love and care about, call you out of your name, and you are losing your everything. You're calling everybody else, telling them what they did. You're posting something on social media. You got little, (laughs) little quips back back alley yeah. jabs to them, <laughs> right. you know, you, you so unfollowing them. Yeah, like you, you just, like, you, you put yourself into a tailspin because you decide this person has this much power in my life. Right. And I gave them that power. Right. And I'm when you sorry. realize like I can choose, like it yeah. is choices. And, and sometimes I might be some of those expletives you called me. Right. Maybe. Like if, if I'm being honest. Right. <laughs> 
Right. You know? Right. If you call me out of my name, I, you know, my daddy's telling me, it's like, well, think about it, baby girl. Maybe sometimes you have those moments. We all have our, like, we all get, get our turn. We all get our turn. You yes. just can't take too many turns. Right. Right. And that's what my dad would <laughs> tell me. Just, just don't take too many turns. Just, turns, baby girl. Just. I love it. You know, because you take the power out of those words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah now. Yeah. The good thing is you see where they're coming from because usually when someone's ex- upset, you get to see the real and you're like, oh, and then I get it. Right. I can act accordingly. Right. I don't even have to give you any more power because what you think of me. Right. So this has helped me. Right. With my choices, choices where I spend my time and my money. <laughs> right. Right. That is so good. Okay. So let me ask you this. What is, can you give me like a hiccup, like a hurdle that you had in this process? of whether it be transitioning, whether it be on a project that you were working on, that you feel like had the ability to either threaten the project or did you feel like, oh God, I've never, this is one I never dealt with. How do I deal with this? What if the, You know what I mean? Where it kind of mm-hmm. shook you a little bit, but you got over. Yeah, I think, look, I think it constantly happens. Okay. I, I don't feel like it's one time. I feel like it constantly happens and it, forces me to stop and reevaluate where I am. I just finished this one project and look, I come from music, so I knew music well. And there are people that didn't know music who were, this is at a, at a network and they were giving me notes and telling me things that, you know, and I was brought up to when you have a network as the client, you take a note, you, you know, try to incorporate the note the mm-hmm. best you can. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can't, then you tell them why it doesn't work. And, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. they go for that. But I didn't have that support system around me. And so my every move was being questioned and and things that I normally could just do and keep moving. I had to stop and explain and justify and, right. you know, and it just made the job so much more difficult. And, right. You know, I think that's not something I'm used to. Right. Because I'm the head of the ship. I do what is best for the show. And right. that's, what, that's what it is. And um, so this moment, it was really interesting because I was like, at this point in my career, I'm really having this moment. <laughs> right. Still. Like and y'all then, just got a Grammy. Not a month yeah. ago, last weekend, I was getting a Grammy. Like you do realize this, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, the, the accolades, you love them, but I, I feel like they can't define you because, right. you know, then what happens when you're not getting them? You, know, you lose <laughs> your mind. Like, oh, right. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, but I just had to stop and say, you know what? I don't even own this project, which is something that's outside of my character because every project that I work on, there was a, there became a point in my career that said I need to have some ownership and everything or else if I don't have skin in the game, I can't have that same kind of passion to work for somebody else at this point in my career. Right. So this was the show that I probably shouldn't have taken because it wasn't that. I mean, if I'm being honest, <laughs> right. you know, but sometimes we forge on because of, you know, there's a myriad of reasons on right. why I forge move forward with this one, but I never make moves on finances. Right. My decisions are always on like, you know, is this something that moves me forward? Is this something that moves the culture forward? Is this something that just feeds my soul? Right. Like, you know, are these, and I felt like this was something that can move the culture forward. So I felt a responsibility right. in it. And, um, and I just had to stop. And then I had to say, well, Ricky, maybe you aren't as important as you want to make yourself in this situation. If they're fighting so much, to not have excellence and mediocrity is okay for them, then take yourself out with your excellence and, and allow it. the mediocrity to be there because 
you know, I was the sore thumb there because I'm pushing everyone to be bigger and to be greater and to, you know, do what I know is better. And they just didn't know. They're like, we want to be regular. Quit trying to make us great. Right. And so I was like, oh, I, I have to allow you to do that. But then I was like, and you don't own this. So Ricky, you can walk away. And there's power in knowing, you know, these are my boundaries. At this point in my career, I'm only going to choose excellence. It's non-negotiable. And as my guy says, you know, he was just send me a text and say, don't let anybody knock you off your square today. And I realized that I was teetering all around the square. Ooh, and and I said, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I was <laughs> tiptoeing around and kind of hanging on and you're not going to push me off. And I'm like, who are you fighting, Ricky? Right. You know, like, Gosh. what are you doing? And so, you know, and I just literally stepped out and then I, I get the calls and my integrity wants me to just answer every call and keep, you know, keep putting them on the line, pushing them to where they need to go. And I just had to say, just move on because as soon as you clear that out you bring in space for what you really bring what really brings you joy right and it you know and so it just you know that was a pivotal moment for me and that was a moment where I was like oh that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to (laughs) you know but but what it also gave me is I was I'm so clear more about my boundaries and that if these aren't people that are choosing excellence I don't need them around me yeah. in any way, shape or form from my production assistant to my director, to my uh, counterparts at a, a record label or at a network. Like all these people have to be aligned with excellence. And the moment I aligned myself with people that didn't, and I didn't check to make sure they were in those places, then I realized, I said, oh, Ricky, you have to see where you fed into the process too. Okay. Because you went against what you knew to right. be true. Right. I was like, okay, I got it. And that's like such a big girl move because, and I think I'm at this space where I'm like, you know what it is in front of you. Well, maybe I can't. Mm-mm. It's like, no. You can't settle. I can't. And it's so on. Well, once you choose that, you can't settle. There's a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are okay with settling and that I can't knock them because that works for them that's just not my path right my path is going to be of excellence and greatness and i'm gonna stand next to w's every chance i get right how do you handle so have you ever had a situation where you like just say you're they want you for a project because i don't really know how that i don't know how this works but where it may be a good opportunity, but the person that you work with may not have a great reputation mm-hmm. or have you ever dealt with something like that? Yep. And How I do turn you it down every time. Do, okay. Okay. Cause that's you know, kind of, and then, and, and I'll, I'll have a conversation too. And I, I don't go on everyone else's idea of what their reputation is. Right. Okay. I like to have a conversation myself. Cause if I look you in the eye and there's something, there's something redeeming about every person. Right. And if that's one quality that I feel like I can attach to and I'm like, Oh, I can rock with this. Right. Cause I see greatness in that part, even right. though all this might look real bad. Right. You know, I, <laughs> if I could attach to that greatness and I feel like you're just looking for a place to, you know, to be greater, like, Oh, let's be Let's be greater together. Yes. But if you're like, if you don't have integrity, if you are, you know, shady and not truthful, like I feel like anything I can do, I'm going to stand naked, open and honest and say, if I made a mistake, I made a mistake. Right. And then right. let's fix it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not throwing people under the bus. I'm not fi- like, that's right. not how I move. And that's, that's how I built my reputation in this, in this town. So if they are from that point that I know I can't connect with. 
because yeah. it's so far against who I am. Because integrity issues are just a no for me. It's like everything. I just It's like, dang, because if you don't have integrity over there, you're definitely... Oh, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can't be mad. You no, can't you can't be mad you be like, when a Scorpio stings you. Like, why are you mad? You're playing with the Scorpio. What are you, you doing? You gotta just take whatever come to you. Yeah, you just gotta like, all right, that's, oh, you that's know, awful. charge it to the game. <laughs> charge it to the game. Okay, so the best advice you've gotten just in general was it this with the was it the um Sharon Osborne I think advice? Sharon Osborne has given me a lot of you know great advice she probably doesn't even realize how impactful it was right. in my career as a as a woman working in a male dominated right. field yeah. I think she was very instrumental in that um and then I, and my dad I feel like my dad my sister me and I we constantly quote our dad and my dad would say things like baby girl you you know you you never um like, there's a reason why they put erasers on the end of pencils because we all make mistakes. That's good. You know, and don't don't get hung up on, you know, you can't unring a bell, you can't unscramble eggs. Just eat the eggs, you know. And, um, you know, so there, I feel like every day I hear my dad who passed in um, 2007, like I hear him guiding my steps and giving me words of wisdom because he was always someone who I could talked to and he had no problem with telling me when I was wrong, dead wrong. He's like, and I love you as wrong as you are. Come on over here with your wrong self <laughs> and let's talk about right. why it's wrong right. and let me love up on you. you know? right. And and so I constantly have those moments where I just, daddy, what would I do? And he said, baby girl, when in doubt, don't. That's good. Because you, you, you can't go wrong. And I heard Oprah say it and I was like, that's right. Right. And then one of the, um, one of the other pieces is <laughs> He would say, you know, baby, if you can, hold on. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to act. You got to tell your story. You got to butt in with people. He's like, but if you can, hold on. Because in the first five minutes of meeting anyone, they'll tell you who they are, what their intentions are. If you can hold on. Sometimes you got to tell your story. You can't hold on. And if someone angers you or does something wrong to you, you don't have to react. If you can, hold on. And to hold on, things dissipate when you're not in an emotional state. That is like that wisdom that, like parents say that kind of stuff. You be like, what are mm-hmm. they talking about? Then you you be like, oh, this is I get mm-hmm. hold on right. Okay, this is I should probably practice that in this moment. Just, just take a minute with the and baby. It's life with the kids. changes. You know? Yes, it works. It works kids across like, the board. Mama just took. Okay, before <clears throat> I react to that vase you just broke. Woo. That's been in the family for 200 years. <laughs> I just got to hold on. Just got to hold on. And maybe I can't. And mm-hmm. I got to be okay with myself if I can't. Oh, my God. Because sometimes I just got to react. Yes. But I pride myself on not having to react because if you let people, if you just back up, people play their hand every time. Right. They'll always show you what it is. Right. Oh, they can't help it. They can't help it. They cannot. That is so A dog can't stop good. being a dog. No. They try. They try. Like, I'm going to pretend I'm a cat. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, nah, but that bark going to come you out. Wait, if you wait, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's gonna, you're going to see it. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, so last question. What advice do you give to somebody that's just trying to be great? It doesn't have to be in production. Just, just in general, like just a life, a life rule, like something that will guide them. If you have something like that, I think the first thing is find out who is your authentic self. How do you do that? 
I think you have to strip away every single thing around you. And my dad always said, you know, it's that moment that you're in the bathroom and there's nobody but you on that toilet. That's the most honest moment in your life. You're not trying to impress nobody. Nobody is around. <laughs> you could be honest with what you <laughs> see. Like, and sm- like it's, yes. it's, it's a real honest moment. Right. And who are you in that moment? Because the way you react to things says who you are. And, you know, there was, um, there's a quote that says, who you are speaks so loudly in my ears that I can't hear what you're saying. And if you just take a minute and think about what that is, what we do shows who we are on the inside. So if I have nonstop chaos, lack, fear, all these things that are, that are showing up in my life, that's all that's inside of me. So you can keep operating from that place or you can say, take one by one. Like, don't try to tackle them all. Take one by one. Like, I keep having the same issue with my mom. But guess what? You really don't have to interact with your mother. You don't. It's a choice. It's a choice. And what is she igniting in you that you need to heal that is so irritating? Yes. Um, You know what's crazy is? I'm telling you, y'all, I keep bringing this up. But that conversation we had... A few months ago, I was like, this right here is some old life-changing. It is, and and I, because I told my husband this, because I guess probably it was that in connection with a couple other things that sent me into like, okay, I, you know, mm-hmm. I got to figure this out. Um, but people can holler all they want to about, you know, I'm hardworking, I work hard. And ain't nobody ever done no work harder than self-work. It, no. It is the hardest. Because it's the stuff that you don't want to see, you can't see. You build up walls so yeah. that you don't have to look at so it. You don't have but that mirror is a mother. It's Oh, it can be awful. And it's and you have this default position that you just, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I said I wasn't doing this no more. Yeah. And you just automatically go to it. So it takes real conscious thought and want to, to switch up. And timing is divine because you probably can hear... Some things like some of the conversations we've had before, uh-huh. and if you would have had them just two weeks earlier, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been, have been the same open thing. to receive. It wouldn't have meant the same thing. So nope. you have to, you know, I feel like you just have to be honest. Like sometimes I get jewels dropped on me. I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Listen, I don't know what I'm doing with it. I'm gonna put it in my pocket. Yes, when I'm open to receive, or when I'm, because sometimes just stuff that's still in my life, I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not ready to work on that yet. Right. Like so, so, and I'm it's like, okay. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's okay. With the dysfunction of this part right now in my right. life. Right. Right now it's serving a purpose. <laughs> right. But when right. I'm done with it. Right. Then it'll it, be cause, done. Because that is so true. You could, I could, you could have given me the same information mm-hmm. two days before and I'd have been like, oh, that's good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that is good. And like, it would not have. It would not have me. hit me the same way. I, I'm because I'm like now, like oh my god, and this and this and Rick said, and this is it, and I read this book, and so some of my friends are like, "Girl, that's bomb." Other friends are like, "Oh yeah, that is good." They just and I'm yeah. like, "You don't see this information <laughs> I'm putting down on you but they it's just there. It's we're in different spaces, yeah. and um, it's okay. But I think it is it's important to keep a Ricky. You gotta have a you. Know what I'm saying you gotta have and somebody. Tony. I was you know and a Tony because. Like there's something so beautiful about you because you just have such an an open, generous spirit. Like you come from a place of love and help initially from everybody that you come across. Thank you. It's just it, it's innate, and it's I, I have this conversation with with the kids all the time because you know Ryan gets my daughter gets so frustrated with Riley, mm-hmm. and Riley is just a big compassionate heart. <laughs> 
He's the guy that you want to just hug. He's the guy who wants to give all our money to the homeless guy on the street. <laughs> he wants to buy everybody everything. He'll give his last nine. Ryan's like, well, I'll take that last dime. Right. And I'll take your dime. And who right. cares? And I don't like nobody in this room. And, you know, and... But Riley walks into a room, he makes a million friends instantly, and people always ask, how's your son? How's Riley? Right, you know? right. And I tell him, I said, Riley, you have something that I didn't even have innately. Right. Like, right. just being honest. Right. I don't think anyone says, you know, Ricky's just the sweetest person I know. <laughs> There's a lot of things that, uh, w- uh, words that you would characterize, Ricky. Right. And that's usually not. <laughs> in the, the first one that doesn't it's mean i don't have somewhere. a sweet spirit that doesn't mean that my loved ones don't right. get sweet interactions right. i'm very generous i'll give you to you know give to a fault but that hasn't that's not innate right with me the mm-hmm. sweetness mm-hmm. now kindness i look to bring kindness into my world every single day i right. tell the kids be kind i work on being kind right so but to be able to have just that innate sweet nature mm-hmm. I think it's so precious and to be protected like if I ever thought oh. anyone tried to hurt you like I instantly feel like what like why do they do that because I'm to like t- so Tony oh, Tony you. don't want to hurt no fly. I don't she never comes from a place of, oh. he's like how can I hurt what you need what right so you know and I so I honor that so I right. just tell you now I Thank honor you. that and I think this is so precious and it's not something that we all have it's, it's, and I feel, yeah. I mean, I get, so and I don't have to I, work on and I, it. <laughs> listen, <laughs> and I'm, look, I'm, cause sometimes I feel like I'm reversing, like, uh oh, like I'm getting out there too far. <laughs> but I, but I needed, I needed, not because I'm changing who I am, but it's like, okay, everybody just ain't, right. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody ain't. We well, have to have some boundaries of, too. Yeah, you, you have, have to have, have yeah, I have to create boundaries. Cause, and, you know, being a sensitive person, which is, why you're you're open and, and you know kind because right. you come from a sensitive place is you know when people take advantage of that you're also open to be hurt so when you guys exactly. hurt you hurt hard because you're like I was just trying to help I was so just trying to when help someone you. does something that and they're not even trying to hurt you they okay. hurt everybody because right. they're, they're just in pain don't. I just so happen to be like they're like and you were open to <laughs> right. it and you receive the hurt yes. and then you're like. Like, oh, why did they with... hurt me? And then you're all off of your right. square. Uh, right. And I'm not trying to be off of my... I told my husband, I was like, you know what? People keep doing... This is 2019 is I said what I said. Yeah. I said... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not changing it up. I'm not... Sw- I said what I said. And that's yeah. what it's going to be. And usually, you know, my 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 default is, well, you know, maybe that I said it kind of mean. Or maybe, and I was like, no. I said what mm-hmm. I said. I didn't say nothing bad. I didn't say... This is just mm-hmm. what I'm doing today. I don't mm-hmm. feel like doing that today, and you'll get over it. So if it don't work. I'm just gonna go home and close my door. And that's you work that out. Yes, but that's 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 a part of that's a part of growth for me. Like the growth is is a big thing. So I I really 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 I really appreciate you doing this because it's it's a big deal. I'm I told I said relate. I told my friend today, Joy. I said bigger than our talents and all that stuff. Relationship. Everything. is everything like it's it's everything like and I'm I'm, I'm a human lover I just love mm-hmm. humans in general but that's a big deal if you because you can have all the talent in the world mm-hmm. if you have no good human interact it's for not mm-hmm. like what, what I mean what, for what is it we for? know all these really talented miserable people very talented and very miserable and if you think about it the, you know your life right now like you wouldn't trade it for the world. No. For some of the people that just 
And I, I, you know, I always fell for them. I said, you know, you couldn't find joy if it was sitting on you. In your lap. Like you just wouldn't know. You'll be looking around. You wouldn't even know what it looks like. Because you're so used to faking it and pretending that it's, yeah. So, um. You know, one thing I learned from, I could say I've learned from Fuzzy and one of the best things. I mean, he's one of my closest friends more than he's my guy, you know. Mm And relationships are so key. You know, they call him the connector. And, right. you know, there's not one place that we go. I always call him the governor. That right. someone doesn't, he's a good guy, gives him a hug. And I mean, a genuine hug. Other men, a genuine right. handshake and hug. Right. And I'm happy to see you. Like, right. I got to stop what I'm doing right. to connect and say, yes, I see you. Acknowledge- yes. And acknowledgement. And I think, I think it's just so beautiful. And it's definitely one of his gifts. And I feel like, it's rubbed off on me to be a better person on connecting because you, whatever it was in me would, if you were my people, you're my people and you get it all. If you right. weren't, I would just keep moving. Like, <laughs> right. Like nothing against you. Know, you. I just like, right, right. Right. I wouldn't connect. Right. And then I'd be upset when someone's like, Oh, nice to meet you again. I'm like, I know you, what are you talking about? Right. And it was like, well, Ricky, you never connect with him. Right. 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 You know? Right. So that's real, because he is, he's very, was very since like, Mm-hmm. Well, I, this is refreshing because you meet so many. I mean, you meet so many different kinds yeah. of people out here, and it's authentic. Yeah, it's it authentic is very authentic. It's very authentic. You can feel that it's authentic, and it's probably a part of the reason why he's such a giant in, mm-hmm. you know, the industry or whatever because of his sincerity and people know. You know what I'm saying? And his ability. And nobody wants him to fail. Everybody wants yeah. him to win. And that energy around you for people to just want you to win. Is just so supportive, deal. and it's it's the wind beneath beneath your wings. You yeah, know? that's a huge deal in my relationships. It, I, I, like gratitude is a big thing, like you were saying. But I'm so great because it's like okay, I'm gonna start a podcast. Okay, I'm gonna do a podcast. I want people to have you know whatever this woman. I'm like, how do you? So you go interview Emmy winners and. People that got a slew of Grammys and I mean like all the people that I'm starting the podcast with are like big deals. I ain't had, I mean I could interview my mom and them, but I ain't the one I gotta start with. And I'm super great. Not that it's a bad thing, but this is like a big deal. And it's all based on human relationships. Mm-hmm. It's not based on, you know, I called your people and then you said you was gonna squeeze me. It's like, okay, hey girl, I'm doing this little thing. And y'all always come through. Mm-hmm. Anything I say I'm about to do, like, girl, you know, so I'm opening up amusement park. Y'all can come through like yeah. girl, yeah. Tell us what we can like. Mm-hmm. I really go, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's a big deal. So I just want you to know. And how much when you're looking for free tickets? We yes, come and spend money. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, again, I appreciate you for coming. And so tomorrow, well, I'm a, I'm gonna give y'all some YouTube footage. Hopefully, she'll let me in her office so I can see show y'all the fanciness that is magic <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> and I'll I'll tag on her um, social media and all that stuff. So thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for having me. Yay. So there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Ricky is absolutely amazing. Hopefully you took away something that you can use in your own journey. It is my intention that every episode you leave knowing that every person you admire that is doing great things has that little murky part and hits a few hurdles that they have to get over to get to the end goal. And usually it happens right before the pop. See you soon. Bye.